This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Forever Dog. Welcome to Forever Dog. You can listen to this podcast ad-free on Forever Dog Plus by signing up at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. And make sure to follow us on social at Forever Dog Team and check out all of our podcasts at foreverdogpodcasts.com. Thank you for your support and enjoy the show. Welcome to Public Domain Theater. This week's entertainment, part two of A Jury of Her Peers by Susan Glaspell. As read by Lindsay K. Tai. As responded to by Kelly Nugent and Lindsay K. Tai. In part one of A Jury of Her Peers, you may remember that a group of townspeople were called to a house to investigate the murder of a man, and everyone pretended that they didn't know what was going on for a while, even though everybody knew that it was a question of whether the wife had killed the husband. And now, a jury of her peers. Do you think she did it? A frightened look blurred the other things in Mrs. Peter's eyes. Oh, I don't know, she said, in a voice that seemed to shrink away from the subject. Well, I don't think she did, affirmed Mrs. Hale stoutly. Asking for an apron and her little shawl, worrying about her fruit. Mr. Peter says, footsteps were heard in the room above. She stopped, looked up and went on in a lowered voice. Mr. Peters says it looks bad for her. Mr. Henderson is awful sarcastic in a speech, and he's going to make fun of her saying she didn't wake up. For a moment, Mrs. Hale had no answer. Then, well, I guess John Wright didn't wake up when they was slipping that rope under his neck, she muttered. No, it's strange, breathed Mrs. Peters. They think it was such a funny way to kill a man. She began to laugh. At the sound of the laugh, abruptly stopped. That's just what Mr. Hale said, said Mrs. Hale in a resolutely natural voice. There was a gun in the house. He says that's what he can't understand. Mr. Henderson said, coming out, that what was needed for the case was motive, something to show anger or sudden feeling. Well, I don't see any signs of anger around here, said Mrs. Hale. I don't. She stopped. It was as if her mind tripped on something. Her eye was caught by a dish towel in the middle of the kitchen table. Slowly, she moved toward the table. One half of it was wiped clean the other half messy. She made a slow, almost unwilling turn to the bucket of sugar and the half-empty bag beside it. Things begun and not finished. After a moment, she stepped back and said, in that manner of releasing herself, wonder how they're finding things upstairs. I hope she had it a little more red up, red up up there. You know, she paused and feeling, sorry, (laughs) being annoying. My phone is being a little bitch. So I'm going to start that over. Wonder how they're finding things upstairs. I hope she had it a little more red up up there. You know, she paused and feeling gathered. It seems kind of sneaking, locking her up in town and coming out here to get her own house to turn against her. But Mrs. Hale said the sheriff's wife, said the sheriff's wife, the law is the law. I suppose it is, answered Mrs. Hale shortly. She turned to the stove, saying something about that fire not being much to brag of. She worked with it a minute, and then, and when she straightened up, she said aggressively, 
The law is the law, and a bad stove is a bad stove. How do you like to cook on this? Pointing with the poker to the broken lining. She opened the oven door and started to express her opinion of the oven, but she was swept into her own thoughts, thinking of what it would mean, year after year, to have that stove to wrestle with, the thought of Minnie Foster trying to bake in that oven, and the thought of her never going over to see Minnie Foster. She was startled by hearing Mrs. Peters say, a person gets discouraged and loses heart. Man, they're fucking obsessed with this kitchen. Dude, they're really obsessed with this kitchen. It's because they know that this woman was getting beat up by her husband. Yeah, and they're seriously avoiding talking about it. Here's the thing, guys. If you think someone you know is being... See something, say something. See something, say something. See them, say them. them. And so instead, they're just like, well, I mean, with an oven like this, (laughs) I'd go crazy too, right? Let's not talk about how she was being beaten. Let's not talk about how she was being beaten. But like everything is pointing like... All this stuff ha- stopping midway. It's like, hello. She mm-hmm. was constantly being interrupted by this horrible husband. Yep. The sheriff's wife had looked from the stove to the sink, to the pail of water which had been carried in from outside. The two women stood there silent. Above them, the footsteps of the men who were looking for evidence against the woman who had worked in that kitchen. That look of seeing into things, of seeing through a thing to some th- something else, was in the eyes of the sheriff's wife now. When Mrs. Hale next spoke to her, it was gently, better loosen up your things, Mrs. Peters. We'll not feel them when we go out. What does that mean? <laughs> like cold outside? Cold. Okay. This is like an old. Hey, you know what? <laughs> what? Um, the movie version of this is on YouTube for free. There's a movie? Yeah. It's a short film. Oh. It's pretty low budge. But you were right. It is Southern. Oh. Are there like American... Not necessarily like, southern. They're not like southern. Or white doll. trash. They're. I are mean, they, are they trash, Kelly? They're trash. Are they trash? They're trash. Yeah, they don't have no land. Mm-hmm. All right. Better loosen up your things, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Peters went to the back of the room to hang up the fur tippet she was wearing. A moment later, she exclaimed, Why, she was piecing a quilt and had a, held up a large sewing basket piled high with quilt pieces. Mrs. Hale spread some of the blocks on the table. It's log cabin log cabin pattern, she said, putting several of them together. Pretty, isn't it? They were so engaged with the quilt that they did not hear the footsteps on the stairs. Just as the stair door opened, Mrs. Hale was saying, Do you suppose she was going to quilt it or just knot it? The sheriff threw up his hands. They wonder whether she was going to quilt it or just knot it. There's a laugh for the ways of women, a oh warming of hands. Yeah. Fuck off. You are bad at your job. You don't notice all the details. And you belittle women's lives, even though that's where you trap them. Well, let's go right out to the barn and get cleared up. I don't see as there's anything so strange, Mrs. Hale said resentfully after the outside door had closed on the three men. Are taking, are, are taking up our time with little things while we're waiting for them to get the evidence. I don't see it as anything to laugh about. Of course, they've got awful important things on their minds, said the sheriff's wife apologetically. They returned to an inspection of the blocks for the quilt. Mrs. Hale was looking at the fine, even sewing and preoccupied with thoughts of the woman who had done that sewing. When she heard the sheriff's wife say, in a queer tone, Why, look at this one. She turned to take the block held out to her. The sewing, said Mrs. Peters in a troubled way. Well, the rest of them had been so nice and even, but... This one? Why, it looks as if she didn't know what she was about. 
Their eyes met, something flashed alive, passed between them. Then, as if with an effort, they seemed to pull away from each other. A moment Mrs. Hale sat there, her hands folded over that sewing, which was so unlike all the rest of the sewing. Then she pulled a knot and then she had pulled a knot and drawn the threads. Oh, what are you doing, Mrs. Hale? asked the sheriff's wife, startled. Just pulling out a stitch or two that's not sewed very good, said Mrs. Hale mildly. I don't think we ought to touch such things, Mrs. Peters said, a little helplessly. I'll just finish up this end, answered Mrs. Hale, still in that mild, matter-of-fact fashion. She threaded a needle and started to replace bad sewing with good. For a while, she sewed in silence. Then, in that thin, timid voice, she heard, Mrs. Hale! Yes, Mrs. Peters? What do you suppose she was so nervous about? Oh, what I don't do you know. Think, mm-hmm. girl. You guys know. We're you all know. Pretending. I don't know. Oh, I don't know, said Mrs. Hale, as if dismissing a thing not important enough to spend much time on. I don't know if she was nervous. I, I so awful queer sometimes when I'm just tired. She cut a thread and out of the corner of her eye looked up at Mrs. Peters. The small, lean face of the sheriff's wife seemed to have tightened up. Her eyes had that look of peering into something. But the next moment she moved, she said in her thin, indecisive way, Well, I must get those clothes wrapped. They may be through sooner than we think. I wonder where I could find a piece of paper and string. In that cupboard, maybe, suggested Mrs. Hale after a glance around. One piece of the crazy sewing remained unripped. Mrs. Crazy sewing? Crazy. Mrs. Peters' back turned. Martha Hale now scrutinized that piece, compared it with the dainty, accurate sewing of the other blocks. The difference was startling. Holding this block made her feel queer, as if the distracted thoughts of the woman who had perhaps turned to it to try and quiet herself were were communicating themselves to her. Ugh, you know that she was, like, sewing that piece while she's crying. Like, like, (sighs) Mrs. Peters' voice roused her. Here's a birdcage, she said. Did she have a bird, Mrs. Hale? Why, I don't know whether she did or not. She turned to look at the cage Mrs. Peters was holding up. I've not been here in so long. She sighed. There was a man round last year selling canaries cheap, but I don't know if she took one. Maybe she did. She used to sing real pretty herself. Mrs. Peters looked around the kitchen. Seems kind of funny to think of a bird here. She half laughed, an attempt to put up a barrier. But she must have had one, or why would she have a cage? I wonder what happened to it. I suppose maybe the cat got it, suggested Mrs. Hale, resuming her sewing. No, she didn't have a cat. She's got that feeling some people have about cats, being afraid of them. When they brought her to our house yesterday, my cat got in the room and she was real upset and asked me to take it out. My sister Bessie was like that, laughed Mrs. Hale. The sheriff's wife did not reply. The silence made Mrs. Hale turn around. Mrs. Peters was examining the birdcage. Look at this door, she said slowly. It's broke. One hinge has been pulled apart. Mrs. Hale came nearer. Looks as if someone must have been rough with it. The husband killed the bird. Why are you pretending that you don't know? (laughs) This book should, this book story should be like three pages long. (laughs) Again, their eyes met, startled, questioning, apprehensive. For a moment, neither spoke nor stirred. Then Mrs. Hale, turning away, said brusquely, If they're going to find any evidence, I wish they'd be about it. I don't like this place. But I'm awful glad you came with me, Mrs. Hale. Mrs. Peters put the birdcage on the table and sat down. It would be lonesome for me, sitting here alone. Yes, it would, wouldn't it? Agreed Mrs. Hale, a certain determined phone, naturalness in her voice. She picked up the sewing, but now it dropped in her lap, and she murmured in a different voice. 
But I tell you what I do wish, Mrs. Peters. I wish I had come over sometimes when she was here. I wish I had. But of course you were awful busy, Mrs. Hale. Your house and your children. I could have come, retorted Mrs. Hale shortly. I stayed away because it weren't cheerful. And that's why I ought to have come. I... She looked around. I've never liked this place. Maybe because it's down in a hollow and you don't see the road. I don't know what it is, but it's a lonesome place and always was. I wish I had come over to see Minnie Foster sometimes. I can see now. She did not put it into words. Well, you mustn't reproach yourself, counseled Mrs. Peters. Somehow, we just don't see how it is with other folks till something comes up. Not having children makes less work, mused Mrs. Hale after a silence. But it makes a quiet house. And Wright out to work all day. And no company when he did come in. Did you know John Wright, Mrs. Peters? Not to know him. I've seen him in town. They say he was a good man. Yes, good, conceded John Wright's neighbor grimly. He didn't drink, and he kept his word as well as most, I guess, and paid his debts. But he was a hard man, Mrs. Peters. Just to pass the time of day with him, she stopped, shivered a little. Like a raw wind that gets to the bone. Her eye fell upon the cage on the table before her, and she added almost Put bitterly. the pieces together. They are really fucking playing dumb. I should, I should think she'd have wanted a bird. Suddenly she leaned forward, looking intently at the cage. But what do you suppose went wrong with it? I don't know, returned Mrs. Peters, unless it got sick and died. But after she said it, she reached over and swung the broken door. Both women watched it as if some, somehow held by it. You didn't know her? Mrs. Hale asked, a gentler note in her voice. Not till they brought her yesterday, said the sheriff's wife. She, come to think of it, she was kind of like a bird herself. Real sweet and pretty, but kind of timid and fluttery. How did she change? That held her for a long time. Finally, as if struck with a happy thought and relieved to get back to everyday things, she exclaimed, Tell you what, Mrs. Peters, why don't you take the quilt in with you? It might take up her mind. Why, I think that's a real nice idea, Mrs. Hale, agreed the sheriff's wife, as if she were too glad to come into the atmosphere of a simple kindness. There couldn't possibly any, be any objection to that, could there? Now, just what will I take? I wonder if her patches are in here, and her things. They turned to the sewing basket. Here's some red, said Mrs. Hale, bringing out a roll of cloth. Underneath that was a box. Here, maybe her scissors are in here, and her things. She held it up. What a pretty box. I'll warrant that that was something she had a long time ago, when she was a girl. She held it in her hand a moment. Then, with a little sigh, opened it. Instantly, her hand went to her nose. Oh, what? What is it? Finally! What's in there? It's fucking Tell women me. playing them. What is it? Tell me what it Why? is now. Mrs. Peters Finger. drew near. penis. Then turned away. It's an ear. There's something wrapped up in this piece of silk, faltered Mrs. Hale. This it isn't her scissors. Looks like a little cocktail wiener. Why? Is it his penis? Let's, let's turn it into a jam. <laughs> her hand not steady, Mrs. Hale raised the piece of silk. Oh, Mrs. Peters, she cried. It's, oh, fuck. Mrs. Peters bent closer. It's the bird. No! <laughs> but Mrs. Peters cried Mrs. No. Hill. Look at it. It's neck. Look at its neck. It's all other side, too. This is so sad. Oh, boy. This is so sad. This is so sad for the he bird. Killed her bird. It's so sad for her. him. But, like, um, he... Oh my, why I, do we keep finding things with animals? You know what? I will say like this, this story, like at first I was like, I don't know what this kitchen looks like, but I know what it feels like. I know what this mm -hmm. house feels like. And it's one of those houses that like the two women 
it's one of those houses that you're just like, I don't want to think about that place. Mm -hmm. And so you just don't and bad things happen there. And a person just becomes a shell of a person. It's like in Carrie. Yeah, exactly. Where it's Mm -hmm. like, it's just easier to not look. Yeah. This is sad. Yeah. (gasps) She held the box away from her. The sheriff's wife bent again, bent closer. Somebody wrung its neck. Said Somebody? Mm -hmm. John Wright. In a voice that was slow and deep. And then again, the eyes of the two women met, this time clung together in a look of dawning comprehension. Finally. Really? Of growing horror. Mrs. Peters looked from the dead bird to the broken door of the cage. Again, their eyes met. And just then, there was a sound at the outside door. Mrs. Hale slipped the box under the quilt pieces in the basket and sank into the chair before it. Mrs. Peters stood holding to the table. The county attorney and the sheriff came in from outside. Well, ladies, said the county attorney, as one turning from serious things to little pleasantries, have you decided whether she was going to quilt it or not it? Fuck yeah. We think, began the sheriff's wife in a flurried voice, that she was going to to, to not it. She was too (laughs) preoccupied to notice the change that came in her voice on that last. (laughs) Well, that's very interesting, I'm sure, he said tolerantly. He caught sight of the birdcage. Has the bird flown? We think the cat got it, said Mrs. Hale in a voice curiously even. He was walking up and down as if thinking something out. Is there a cat? He asked absently. Mrs. Hale shot a look up at the sheriff's wife. Well, not now, said Mrs. Peters. They're superstitious, you know. They leave. She (laughs) sank into her chair. The county attorney did not heed her. No sign at all of anyone having come in from the outside, he said to Peters in the manner of continuing an interrupted conversation. You know what I love? That the men don't, like, they don't put any credence into anything the women are saying to a point where it's so easy to lie to them. Yep. And they're just like, all right. They're like, truly nothing that comes out of your mouth means anything. And they could have just been like, we think she killed him because he killed her bird. And they'd be like, oh, yes. Quilts and quilts. (laughs) That's adorable. (laughs) Their own rope. Now let's go upstairs again and go over it piece by piece. It would have to have been someone who knew just the... The stair door closed behind them and their voices were lost. The two women sat motionless, not looking at each other, but as if peering into something at the same time, holding back. When they spoke now, it was as if they were afraid of what they were saying, but as if they could not help saying it. She liked the bird, said Martha Hale, low and slowly. She was going to bury it in that pretty box. When I was a girl, said Mrs. Peters under her breath, my kitten, there was a boy took a hatchet and before my eyes, before I could get there, she covered her face an instant. If they hadn't helped me back, I would have. She caught herself, looked upstairs where footsteps were heard and finished weakly, hurt him. Then they sat without speaking or moving. I wonder how it would seem, Mrs. Hill at last began as if feeling her way over strange ground, never to have had any children around. Her eyes made a slow sweep of the kitchen, as if seeing what that kitchen had meant through all the years. No, Wright wouldn't like the bird, she said after that, a thing that sang. She used to sing. He killed that, too. Her voice tightened. Mrs. Peters moved uneasily. Of course, we don't know who killed the bird. I knew John Wright was Mrs. Hale's answer. It was an awful thing was done in the house that night, Mrs. Hale said the sheriff's wife. Killing a man while he slept slipping a thing round his neck that choked the life out of him. Mrs. Hale's hand went to the birdcage. His neck choked the life out of him. We don't know who killed him, Mrs. whispered Mrs. Peters wildly. We don't know. 
Mrs. Hale had not moved. If there had been years and years of nothing, then a bird sing to you, it would be awful still after the bird was still. It was as if something within her, not herself, had spoken, and it found in Mrs. Peters something she did not know as herself. I know what stillness is, she said in a queer, monotonous voice. When we homesteaded in Dakota, my first baby died. After he was two years old, with me and me with no other then, Mrs. Hale stirred. How do you suppose, how soon do you suppose they'll be through looking for evidence? I know what stillness is, repeated Mrs. Peters in just that same way. Then she too pulled back. The law has got to punish crime, Mrs. Hale, she said in her tight little way. I wish you'd seen Minnie Foster, was the answer. When she wore a white dress with blue ribbons and stood up there in the choir and sang, the picture of that girl, the fact that she had lived neighbor to that girl for twenty years and had let her die for lack of life, was suddenly more than she could bear. Oh, I wish I'd come over here once in a while, she cried. That was a crime. That was a crime. Who's going to punish that? We mustn't take on, Mrs. said Mrs. Peters with a frightened look toward the stairs. I might have known she needed help. I tell you, it's queer, Mrs. Peters. We live close together and we live far apart. We all go through the same things. It's all just a different kind of the same thing. If it weren't, why do you and I understand? Why do we know what we know this minute? She dashed her hand across her eyes. Then, seeing the jar of fruit on the table, reached for it and choked out. If I was you, I wouldn't tell her her fruit was gone. Tell her it ain't. Tell her it's all right, all of it. Here, take this in to prove it to her. She, she may never know whether it was broke or not. She turned away. Mrs. Peters reached out for the bottle of fruit as if she were glad to take it. As if touching a familiar thing, having something to do could keep her from something else. She got up, looked about for something to wrap the fruit in took a petticoat from the pile of clothes she had brought from the front room and nervously started winding that round bottle. My, she began in a high, false voice. <laughs> it's a good thing the men couldn't hear us getting all stirred up over a little thing like a dead canary. You know, when we were you know, saying basically what <laughs> happened. And <laughs> they wouldn't have heard us anyway. <laughs> she hurried over that. As if that could have anything to do with, with my, wouldn't they laugh? Footsteps oh were heard on the stairs. Maybe they would, muttered Mrs. Hale. Maybe they wouldn't. No, Peters, said the county attorney incisively. It's all perfectly clear except the reason for doing it. But you know juries when it comes to women. If there was some definite thing, something to show, something to make a story about, that thing would connect up with this clumsy way of doing it. In a covert way, Mrs. Hale looked at Mrs. Peters. Mrs. Peters was looking at her. Quickly, they looked away from each other. The outer door opened and Mr. Hale came in. I've got the team round now, he said. Pretty cold out there. I'm going to stay here a while by myself, the county attorney suddenly announced. Why? I don't know. Fuck you. <laughs> Put your dick in a jar, you little bastard. <laughs> you can send Frank out for me, can't you? He asked the sheriff. I want to go over everything. I'm not satisfied we can't do better. Again, for one brief moment, the two women's eyes found one another. The sheriff came up to the table. Did you want to see what Mrs. Peters was going to take in? The county attorney picked up the apron. He laughed. Oh, I guess they're not very dangerous things the ladies have picked out. Mrs. Hale's hand was on the sewing basket in which the box was concealed. Uh. She felt that she ought to take her hand off the basket. She did not seem to, able to. He picked up one of the quilt blocks which she had piled on to cover the box. Her eyes felt like a fire. She had uh. a feeling that if he took up the basket, she would snatch it from him. But he did not take it up. With another little laugh, he turned away, saying, No, Mrs. Peters doesn't need supervising. 
For that matter, a sheriff's wife is married to the law. Ever think of it that way, Mrs. Peters? Mrs. Peters was standing beside the table. Mrs. Hale shot up a, shot a look up at her, but she could not see her face. Mrs. Peters had turned away. When she spoke, her voice was muffled. Not just that way, she said. Married to the law, chuckled Mrs. Peters' husband. He moved toward the door in the front room and said to the county attorney, I just want you to come in here a minute, George. We ought to take a look at these windows. Oh, windows, said the county attorney scoffingly. We'll be right out, Mr. Hale, said the sheriff to the farmer who was still waiting by the door. Why are they looking at windows? I don't know. This dumb man thing. Descriptions of where they're all standing in this kitchen is very boring. (laughs) Hale went to look after the horses. The sheriff followed the county attorney into the other room. Again, for one moment, the two women were alone in that kitchen. Martha Hale sprang up, her hands tight together, looking at that other woman with whom it rested. At first, she could not see her eyes, for the sheriff's wife had not turned back since she turned away at that suggestion of being married to the law. But now Mrs. Hale made her turn back. Her eyes made her turn back. Slowly, unwillingly, Mrs. Peters turned her head until her eyes met the eyes of the other woman. There was a moment when they held each other in a steady, burning look in which there was no evasion nor flinching. And then they fucked on time. And then the it counter. was fucking on. <laughs> then Martha Hale's eyes pointed the way to the basket in which was hidden the thing that would make certain the conviction of the other woman. That woman who was not there, and yet who had been there with them through all the hour. For a moment, Mrs. Peters did not move. And then she did it. With a rush forward, she threw back the quilt pieces, got the box, tried to put it in her handbag. It was too big. Desperately, she opened it, started to take the bird out. But there she broke. She could not touch the bird. She stood helpless, foolish. There was a sound of a knob turning the inner door. Martha Hale snatched the box from the sheriff's wife and got it in the pocket of her big coat just as the sheriff and county attorney came back into the kitchen. Well, Henry, said the county attorney facetiously. Sorry, it took me a second to (laughs) get that word. At least we found out that she was not going to quilt it. She was going to, what do you call it, ladies? Mrs. Hale's hand was against the pocket of her coat. We'll call it, not it, Mr. Henderson. Wow. Wait, so then would... So now it's just kind of like a question of if she's going to get convicted. They they hid the only thing that could have created a story in a jury's mind. Oh, man. That's sad. It got interesting there at the end. Yeah, it did. Like, I get... (sighs) Maybe I wouldn't have felt that way because I do think that it was a very conscious choice to describe the kitchen so completely and describe where everyone was standing so completely. It just wasn't reading that way at first. Mm -hmm. But now having finished the whole thing, it's like, oh, yeah, that was a very deliberate choice. And also it was like, give attention to the details that Mm -hmm. like, and especially to a place which is normally like in this time considered the woman's province, Mm -hmm. which is normally overlooked. And which is they are analyzing so completely because they're so familiar with Mm -hmm. it. Whereas the men are just clomping all over the place. Yeah. Idiots. I was so engrossed by the story. I kept noticing. I was like, oh, you didn't say anything yet. Like I (laughs) I didn't like cut in to respond because I was just like listening. I liked, um, I definitely just like so much more loved the moments when the men were gone. Yeah. It's like so interesting. Yeah. 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 Because it's like the whole first part is mostly them talking to each other. Mm -hmm. It's actually really beautifully structured really great yeah it's so funny because when when you were reading it 
it last week. It was like, oh my God, get to it. I think it's one and of now those. now it's so clear. Yeah, it's so clear. That we had to feel the women be stuck mm-hmm. in place while this was going on around them. And then this one quick moment together where they figure it out almost instantly. Yeah. They're like, man, that guy really sucked. And uh, he was really rough with the bird. Oh, here's the bird's corpse. He killed a bird. Yeah. Quick. Hide it from them. Hide. Yeah. I I love that story. I mean, if I had a horrible husband who killed my bird. Dude, because I'm just imagining like. That's cold. That's really awful. Well, and like, what does it say about that person that they could kill a, a helpless animal too? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because then it's like, oh God, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. That you would just murder this creature for the sake of murdering it. Yeah. Um, and to like hurt your wife. Yeah. Because I'm just imagining like if I were in, because that's the thing that would make you break, right? Where it's like, if this person abusing you for an extended period of time hasn't made you break. But then it's like you bring in this other creature mm-hmm. that's defenseless mm-hmm. and they kill that thing. Like that would be like, it's easier to stand up sometimes for someone else than yourself. Yeah. So I don't know. I really liked this story and it was really sad because like you could like it, it's so accurately like told the story of this person who everyone remembered as such a bright, vibrant person before. Yeah. And then they didn't realize had morphed into this like sad shell of a person that had literally no joy except for this little canary. Yeah. I'm going to be sad about this story. (laughs) (laughs) And then to so thoroughly blame herself Mm -hmm. at the end. Mm -hmm. Like that's a crime in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, like right when she just be like, God, I should have like visited her more and like. Yeah. You always think that. Yeah. See it, say it. Something, something. <laughs> um so thank you so much for your patronage yeah right? N- now we're depressed thank you for the su- suggestion <laughs> this has been a jury of her peers by susan glassbull as read by Lindsay katai as responded to by Lindsay katai and kelly newton thank you so much for being a patron of the arts we'll see you next week